Welcome to Nefarious New York. I'm Allison. And I'm Meredith. Today, Mary, I just want to let you know there's going to be some possible background noise because... We got background music? Uh, no, we're not that talented. <laughs> but our house is being sanded and painted and, you know, it's happening at this exact moment. Oh my God, so. it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It happened. <laughs> what movie? Oh, 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 the girls trip thing. The girls... Right. It's happening. The... It's happening. It's happening. Bachelorette. What the it hell happened. is that called? Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. I'm like, it's like just shits in the street <laughs> with the wedding dress on. Yes. Let's get started. I put the air conditioner on to kind of equalize the annoying noise in the background. Oh, okay. So maybe it'll just be a constant instead of Okay, a... great. You're equalizing. All right. I'm ready. Tell me what you brought me this week. So I brought you Lizette Bamenga, and in 2012, she was 29 years old. She received a BA in psychology and Spanish from Drew University and an MS in early childhood education, childhood education, and students with disabilities from Mercy College. Okay. Is she going to so go just giving you a little is background? Gonna, is she going to go bad here? Because I swear, <laughs> and I, again, I'm going to get crucified here. People who are psych majors, like, I feel like all the crazy people that I went to school with <laughs> all majored in psych. <laughs> oh, I'm getting. Tortured for that, but go ahead. Tortured. Tortured. Um, in 2012, she was dating a New York City police officer, Trevor Noel. The couple had two children together. Violet Noel was four months old, and Trevor Jr. was four years old, and his little nickname was Boogie. Okay, cute. Lisette was a teacher for about 10 years in the New York City public schools. She taught kindergarten and second grade, general and special ed, as well as French for third graders in a dual language program. She loved mm. soccer and she was known as a doting mother. Yeah, I'm pretty smart too, right? I mean, pretty a smart and accomplished. And accomplished, yeah. yes. Her family came here from Paris. So that's why she was a French teacher. She spoke French and... And Spanish. And Spanish. And she, yeah, she's no dummy. Yeah, she's trilingual. Well. Yeah. English. French, Spanish. Yeah, no, I understand you. <laughs> okay. Just, okay. I just wanted to show we you how gotta, smart I was. We don't have to fight about it. We don't have to fight about it. Okay. I know you know try means three. So okay. the family lived in an apartment in the Bronx. Late in the night on July 5th, 2012, the building manager called 911 reporting a gas leak. The police arrived at 11.53 p.m. Emergency personnel responding to the call found Lisette and her children unconscious. They tried to revive Trevor. Now, he's the four-year-old. Mm -hmm. And they tried to revive him inside the apartment while other officers carried the baby, Violet, outside. Aww. But their efforts were in vain and the children were pronounced dead. Aww. So Lisette was transported to the hospital and was expected to make a full recovery from her injuries. During their investigations, the police found two suicide notes. One of them stated that the children were going to a better place. It okay. was also determined that Lisette's injuries were self-inflicted. What injuries were those? She slit her wrists. Oh, my God. At this point, we are assuming with... Now, here's my idiocy now. With a gas leak, is, is it assumed at this point that the children died from carbon monoxide? poisoning i don't think they know how the children died yet okay so right now the building manager is reporting a gas leak correct but now as they're investigating 
they're determining that her wounds are self-inflicted and and the children are dead children are deceased yes that's a four-year-old and a and a four-month-old baby oh wait till you hear how this happened okay so during the police interview with Lisette, she stated that she researched on the internet how to kill her kids. She said that she found that she needed two tablespoons of antifreeze fluid to poison them. So she mixed the poison with grape juice and forced her children to drink it. Oh, she's admitting this? Yeah. Oh my god. According so I looked it up. According to poison.com, antifreeze contains ethylene glycol, which I feel like I've heard in like CSI or something, but it's extremely toxic. Extremely. And I mean, dogs die immediately from it. Right. That's so they how Poco say died, one... by the way. The Who? judge's dog. Oh, I was he like, went into the, you, you hear Poco, which we won't put, but you hear a lot of times when dogs go into garages, sometimes mm-hmm. they'll lick the antifreeze and it is extremely extremely dangerous in in nine times out of ten the dog dies right so it said here that as little as one tablespoon can cause kidney failure or death she said she did two tablespoons and forced them to drink it right so the possible effects of antifreeze poisoning are vision problems blindness nausea vomiting heart rhythm changes seizures coma and kidney or liver failure. Okay. So not a right. pleasant Absolutely way to go not. anyway. No, it's that's why it's poison and why you're supposed to call poison control immediately. The poison didn't kill them because I also found in my research that it can happen over time too. So it might not be an immediate death. It might take the time of all these things happening, you know? Right. When that didn't work, she took her children into the bathroom, filled up the bathtub, and drowned them. Oh, my god then not sure if that worked she brought her limp and probably deceased children to the kitchen then she placed plastic over the windows and sealed them with tape and then she turned on the gas stove what Mm -hmm. you know what's what's crazy about this sometimes when these types of things happen it's an impulsive and you would think that when it didn't work or whatever she thought wasn't working, you would go, oh, okay, oh, God, what was I thinking? Mm-hmm. But she just kept going. Yeah, three tries. Oh, how, how can you do that? There Obviously, there's something wrong with her, but uh, keep Let's going. Let's see. All right. She then texted her boyfriend, Noel, I'm sorry that the kids are gone. That was his last name. I'm not sure. I guess that's what she called him. I'm sorry that the kids are gone. I'm next. She then drank the antifreeze herself and slit her wrists. So as I said, the police found the suicide notes and they also found next to her a pair of her boyfriend's underwear and they had the words on the Mr. Right and she had taken a marker, crossed out the word right and written in wrong. Uh, Okay, so she's pissed at him. Mm-hmm. For something. Now, I'm assuming right. he cheated or something like that. So during the police interviews, she said that she did all of this because the children's father, her boyfriend, had fathered another child with another woman. So kill him. Sorry. I'm, I'm not, not, not that I'm saying somebody should go do that, but go- 
Don't kill your children. Right. What does that have to do? Well, like the question you had asked, right? The initial autopsies didn't reveal whether the children died from the poison, the drowning, or the gas. I'm not sure. Or a combination of everything. I mean, Jesus yeah, Christ. It would have been hard to uh, survive that. Now she's going to go to trial, and she's going to opt for a bench trial instead of a jury trial. And I think this was a smart move because... Can you explain what, what that is for people who don't know what the difference is between a bench trial and a jury trial? One has the jury, and the other one is just a judge. I didn't even know you could do that. You're entitled to a jury trial, but you don't have to do it. Okay. I don't think a jury is going to have any sympathy for any excuse, but I think a judge who knows, you know, I'm not saying he's more educated, he or she is more educated, but knows the law and be more objective or less emotional, I would hope. Perhaps. Well, anyway, she opted for the bench trial and the prosecutors argued, and I understand why they argued this, that Bamenga was in a jealous rage and killed the children out of retribution after finding out that her boyfriend had fathered a child with another woman, and that was supposed to have been in Spain. Okay. Now, Bamenga's lawyer argued that she suffered from severe postpartum psychosis and wasn't in her right mind. So postpartum depression, right, we hear about a lot. Right. I mean, I'm sure I had it. So postpartum psychosis is completely different. Postpartum depression is more what you would associate with depression. And it's, it's impairing your functioning, but not to such an extreme. So you feel worthless and sad and tired. and Right. So the psychosis is more severe than postpartum depression. Right. So postpartum psychosis is uh, intense psychological problems. It's considered a medical emergency and it can develop suddenly. So they say it can develop just out of the blue and involves life-threatening complications, which is what we would see here if she had this. A diagnosis is considered when symptoms are similar to postpartum depression develop, but much higher intensity and quickly. Okay. Uh, there, there are a bunch of risk factors, which we're going to see she, she had. If you have a mental disorder before that or a mental illness before your pregnancies, those kind of things make you more susceptible. Um, but also a family history of bipolar disorder or postpartum psychosis. So if someone in your family had this right, year, right. and we find that with just any mental illness, right? Either a new medication or stopping a medication or... Mm-hmm. But I have to see, I'm assuming you're, we're going to find a little bit more out about this. Because right now, as I'm just looking at this case, I would not rule the psychosis out. Right. Because right. how does a, a seemingly normal person just go to that? But let's see. So I said that postpartum psychosis symptoms are similar to postpartum depression, but... They seem a bit more intense. Uh, visual and auditory hallucinations, which have to be insane to experience. Delusions or having uncharacteristic beliefs and thoughts. A manic mood. Feeling like on top of the world. Then really depressed, mm-hmm. which sounds like bipolar-ish. Right. Feeling fearful and suspicious, restless, and just behaviors that really seem like not in line with how the person normally behaves. Okay. So she gets interviewed by a psychiatrist 
probably a bunch of them. Now, let me ask you a question before you do this. Is does it does it come and go? So in other words, it can come on quickly. Does it go quickly as well? It usually needs some some uh, intervention. Okay. Some medication or therapy and medication. And it can take a while to go. Okay. During interviews, as I said, with a psychiatrist, the defense psychiatrist interviewed her and she said going into her childhood every June she became extremely energetic had rapid thoughts and speech stayed awake for days and made like all sorts of crazy plans and she's very spontaneous right at this point she's getting diagnosed with bipolar but had never been diagnosed with anything before okay she did say that after both of her children's births and they were both in March she had profound depressions and she didn't shower or get dressed. She just would sit on the couch breastfeeding and crying. And then once spring came around, she was hypomanic, which is like manic, but not quite as intense. Okay. So she was full of energy, feeling happy, feeling like she could accomplish things. Now, when we get into her family history, her grandmother had postpartum psychosis. She threw one of her babies against a wall. Ugh. She ended up having a Catholic exorcism and then was eventually hospitalized. Mm. Her aunt also suffered from postpartum psychosis and lived in a psychiatric hospital for her entire life. Okay. Well, it's starting to make sense now. Right. The judge didn't want to charge her or find her guilty of murder because of her mental state. So he's leaning towards understanding this a bit more than I honestly think a jury would have. I don't know. So the judge did find her guilty of manslaughter. And then we have to move on to the sentencing. Okay. And at her sentencing, Bamenga said, never in my right mind would I hurt anyone, especially my children who meant the world to me. I think about them every single day. They will always be a part of me. I I'm going to go against what I normally say and, and do in this instance. Normally I'm like, let her fry, right? Mm -hmm. But her actions are showing a mental illness because she's not trying to deny it when she first, you know, when they first bring her out, you know, she also obviously tries to hurt herself. She's not functioning in it with a rational mind. So right. there's a part of me that believes her. And so when you have somebody with a mental mental illness, when they're well, they they probably could never see themselves doing something like that. Right. So that's what I mean. How is how do you accept that you did that and move forward? I guess when you accept the fact that you have a mental illness, I don't know how you accept something like that. I have no idea. But I don't think somebody in their right mind, like she said, would would do something like that. And she's she's admitting to it. Not that I think the punishment should be any less, but there is a part of me that believes her that she did not want to do that. And normally I would never say that. Right. Well, the prosecution asked that she be sentenced to 40 years in prison, saying that the killing of these young children is a horrendous tragedy. The judge said postpartum psychosis is very real and a devastating illness, especially when undiagnosed. The judge also went on to say that this was the most difficult sentencing decision he has made in his 26 years as a judge. Mm -hmm. And he sentenced her to eight years. What? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's where I disagree. Now, 
listen, you still get the 40 years, right? She still deserves the 40 years, but there is a little shred of sympathy if there is something mental going on. And do we even know that that was true, by the way? That he had fathered, that her boyfriend had fathered another baby? I, I don't know. I don't or know. Or was that part of the psychosis, that that's what she thought? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, but eight years? Eight years. So obviously the father's side was upset with this. Her mother said that, you know, she thought it was fair. Nothing's going to bring those kids back. And that, that was awful and horrible, but that this sentence was fair. So no. <laughs> she also had about a dozen supporters, including parents of her former students that attended the sentencing and had raised about $20,000 for her for her defense. So she had a lot of support. Yeah, nope, don't agree with that. Uh, right. Uh, listen, I have a little bit of, of sympathy and can understand a little bit, but not enough to raise money to help her. No. Take responsibility for what you did. The other thing is, you know, and I'm not going to sit there and say if you've got a mental issue, get yourself help. But could she have reached out to somebody to say, I'm not in my right mind or is somebody who's going nuts again they don't they don't know it but this woman seems to be very aware of her mental disability mm -hmm. and so therefore I think that she needs to take responsibility for, for it like not addressing it well for everything for not addressing it for again if you know that this was in your family do you have some kind of a a responsibility to monitor well, that. Well, she may not have known that it was in her family until trial when she needed to know about family history and stuff. Right, right. You I know just, what I mean? Uh, and you went and you had another baby. Like, I just, uh, I don't know. All right, all right. Listen, listen. Okay. So since her release, she became the academic coordinator at Hudson Link for Higher Education in Prison, which is a nonprofit that provides college programming and reentry services to women and men who are incarcerated in New York. She also participated and led a women's cohort with Ritual for Return, which uses theater and restorative justice practices to heal the stigma of incarceration. And she is now the curriculum director for the Racial Justice and Abolition Democracy Project. So she advocates for social justice. She's been on panels with state senators and assembly members. She wrote an article that was pretty good, published in the Marshall Project on the importance of humanizing, using humanizing language when discussing people with, you know, that had been in prison and stuff, not to call them convicts and stuff like that. I have a problem with all of it. Well, wait, for that article, she was the 2021 recipient of the Victor Hassin Memorial Scholarship from the John Jay College Institute for Justice and Opportunity. What? So she's raising awareness and that justice Im impacted individuals face. So justice impacted individuals to me, and this is the whole, whole point, not to call them convicts, prisoners, whatever, criminals, but to call them justice impacted individuals. Absolutely not. Well, she's doing a lot of good bullshit i'm sorry no way first of all justice justice wasn't served in this instance well it was if she had a mental illness 
eight years? And why, are, if you're working, you're, you're so worried about people's freedoms and their justice. What are you doing about mental health? She did say that she wanted to raise awareness for postpartum depression so this doesn't happen to anyone else. But I didn't see, or postpartum psychosis, I'm sorry, but I didn't see much of her doing that. I know, but like a curriculum director and being recognized, like, I'm sorry, you don't deserve any of that. Mm. Where's the responsibility for what you did? No, I don't know. I, maybe I'm missing something here. I have a big Well, it's not like she could be this. like, no, judge, I want more responsibility. Give me more than eight years. It was the judge's decision. I know, no but you're say, sitting Wait. there and you're fighting for, for, for you know, justice reform and, and, you know, justice for justice impacted individuals. What about the two children that you murdered? Does that just go by the wayside? Like your priority, if she came out, and she started getting involved in mental health and supporting people maybe who were who were in jail for committing a similar type murder and, and educating people about mental awareness and all of that. I would say that's that's great. That's better. But to now, after you did what you did, come out and serve eight years, come out and now be on almost like she's a like a functioning member of society no i have a little bit of an issue with that she she was a teacher so she's using i guess her skills to try to make a positive impact well she lives by so th this quote from nelson mandela education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world so i think that's kind of what she's trying to do <sighs> in a way that she has the skill set to do I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something here because normally I think it's great if somebody commits a murder, right? And they get out and they get themselves educated and they, you know, my problem is always this. They get a second chance. The children she murdered don't. I know, but what would be the proper punishment here? The proper punishment would be a longer prison sentence because you took two babies' lives. So even though she's come out and we she's done good, even though not good in the area you wanted her to do good where in? Where is the focus on a mental illness here? So the great aunt of the children, so her boyfriend's aunt, her concern was only eight years she's going to be young enough to get out and have more children. My and problem is... We're nervous about that. The Ritual for Return, right? An organization that uses theater and restorative justice practices to heal the trauma and stigma of incarceration. It's almost like you you were incarcerated because you did something horrible. I will say in, in the articles or anything that she you read about her, she just says her experience, she had an experience with the criminal justice system. She never says... Like, never even touches on what that experience was. Yeah, like and that's what I have a problem with. That's what I have okay. a problem with. All right. The fact that that part, in her mind, is completely overlooked. She's the curriculum director for racial justice. Like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. You fucking murdered two children. Maybe if you came out and you talked about people who did what you did and trying to prevent that, then then I would say, okay, that's good. But it's mm -hmm. almost like that's skipped over and she's talking about, you know, the trauma of being incarcerated. What about 
the fact that you murdered your two kids. Well, since her release, I do think she's had another child. I'm not 100% sure because I saw a little bit Kenneth Alexander, but I'm not 1,000% sure. But she has been in a domestic partnership, according to Facebook, since July 1st, 2020. I am not saying that... I'm happy that she's not doing harm in society. I'm happy that, and so this is, you know, an important part to put in because I know I'm going to get butchered for this, but I'm happy that she's, I just feel like her focus should be different. I understand what you're saying. And that pisses me off. It's like, what about these two kids? They're forgotten. It's a good point that I did not. And then you got a scholarship for Institute for Justice and Opportunity Justice. You weren't a victim of the justice system. The justice system did you well. You're making some good points lately, Mayor. You know, I think in the beginning I was like, good for her. She admitted what she did. She did. But but it's almost like now now you go out, you're you're a functioning member of society. That's great. But. I don't I don't know. You uh, something just doesn't sit right with me. Her passion is social justice. Your passion should be mental illness. If she were in prison, right, if she was falsely imprisoned, if she was in prison and she got abused in prison, regardless of the crime, I could say, okay, that makes sense. But you're forgetting what you did to get in there. And what are you doing to correct that? I am not singing us out because I'm pissed. All right, fine. We'll be back next week. (laughs) 